Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Very Cold Lasagna Podcast, your filthy casual place for all your filthy casual takes on the world of sports. I am your host, Dylan Lasagna. This is episode number 150. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. 150 episodes in on this icy yet spicy podcast. Today, we got another good show for you all because we continue NFL Season Preview Month 2023 with part two of our month-long coverage previewing the 2023 NFL season and all 32 NFL teams. So in part one, we covered the NFC West. Here in part two, we're covering the team up north in the NFC, and that is, of course, the NFC North. So yeah, part one was kind of interesting to say the least. Part two, it's going to definitely get even more interesting because, well, certain things have happened in this offseason for the NFC North, which we'll get into in quite a bit. But anyway, a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Uh, make sure you follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Lasagna. And if you're listening to this on audio or wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Anchor FM, uh, Anchor FM, wait a minute, that's dead. <laughs> it's Spotify for podcasters now. <laughs> what am I saying? I've been saying this for how long now? And anyway, Apple Podcasts, uh, make sure you rate review the show as well. Because all your feedback, you know, helps me improve the show or you'd like to give something positive in regards to very cold lasagna. Anyway, uh, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the good stuff in regards to very cold lasagna. And yeah, just keep spreading the good word or even the bad words. Uh, (laughs) Anything in regards to very cold lasagna because we're continuing to grow here in the very cold fridge. And eating that very cold lasagna for all the filthy casual fans out there. So anyway, yeah, let's keep the train rolling. Keep that gravy train uh, rolling on the tracks, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, that being said, let's continue on with NFL Season Preview Month with Part 2 of our coverage, our previews for the 2023 season. And we continue on with the NFC North. Uh, A little bit of a reminder on our expectations for season previews. Um, like I said, we're previewing each team in the division from worst to first. Um, and the main points that we're going to be covering for all these teams that we're talking about is a summary of last season, uh, some of the key offseason moves that either made the team better or worse on paper, our biggest takeaways from the offseason, whether it is from the draft, free agency, all combined into one or maybe even more takeaways uh, from their offseason looking at some of the potential key games going into their season, and some of my biggest questions and concerns for any of these teams going into the regular season. And again, keep in mind, this doesn't take into account of what the teams have done during off-season team activities and mini camps, and as we get deeper into the season, training camps. And I will provide some updates regarding some of these teams' uh, training camps as we get deeper along, maybe, maybe, But again, this is from the eyes of a filthy casual uh, sports fan. That is me. So that being said, let's continue along with our preview month here on Very Cold Lasagna by taking a look at the NFC North. So when I talked about the NFC North last year, when I sat here, it was going to be pretty obvious who was going to be the front runners of that division, even with the turnaround that they had during the offseason. However, I got to be honest with you. When the season actually came around, it actually didn't turn out that way. 
that front runner of that division, mostly disappointed. And when even when they had that late season run, late in December, it couldn't get them into the postseason. Meanwhile, there was a certain purple mutant team up with that fancy stadium with a new head coach, ended up winning the division. But they had a lot of extreme luck to, to win that division and get a playoff game. Then there was another team uh, that I had some hopes for in 2022. And yeah, they may have not made the playoffs either, um, but they ended their season really strong. So as we look towards this 2023 season for the NFC North as a whole, several months removed from the 2022 season, it's an entirely different story here in the NFC North by this one simple fact. The bad man is no longer around. And no, I'm not talking about Becky Lynch. No, not that stale, repetitive man. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is no longer in the NFC North. He is no longer a Green Bay Packer. He is up east in the AFC East in, in gang green with the New York Jets. We'll talk about why that exactly is. I mean, a lot of you may know, but for those of you who don't know, we'll talk about it when we get there. So suddenly, this division for first time in what feels like forever is completely wide open for the first time in, like I said, a long time. And yes, while each team looks like they have a good shot to potentially win this division, I got to be honest with you, it may not seem like such a sure thing. And as we talk about each team looking at their 2023 season going in, we'll see why. So taking a look at one of our potential candidates that can win the NFC North is the team that won it all by losing all in 2022. And that, of course, is, say it with me now, say it loud and proud, ladies and gentlemen, ha, 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 Bears football! Yes, that is right, ladies and gentlemen, the Chicago Bears. When you look at the, their season in 2022, and, man, it, like I said, it was a season where they won by losing it was perhaps the best season of bears football uh because after deceiving everyone with a two and one start they wanted to lose the large majority of their games i believe they won only one game and then they went on to lose everything else after and they also at the end of the season got a gift they got a gift from god their old friend and soon to be fired uh texas head texans houston texans head coach Lovey Smith, and that gift was the form of the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. So they were almost certain to be getting that number two overall pick. But no, Lovey Smith assured his team would win against the Indianapolis Colts in Week 18, and by the football gods be damned, the Chicago Bears would get that number one overall pick, and. Yeah, they ended the season 3-14, and 14, and I got to say about that season, yeah, the roster was very terrible for Chicago. It's more the same what happened in 2021, um, but you saw some a little bit of progression with regards to Justin Fields, but it was mostly with his rushing. He broke franchise records in regards to his rushing ability, but when it came to his passing, yeah, not so much. You didn't really see a lot of him out of a pa as a passer, especially in the second half of the season. So when you go into this 2023 season, I really want to see Justin Fields progress 
in a positive manner as a passing quarterback. Yeah, they're going to probably still try to use him as a runner, but I really want to see him, you know, be a passing quarterback. So that's really something I would like to see. So some of my needs uh, for the Chicago Bears going in, going into that off this past offseason, when I talked about them in the very first team in my season recaps, they needed pretty much everything. Everything but quarterback. Whether it was help at receiver, help at the offensive line, the defense. They pretty much needed everything because they basically gave everything away at the trade deadline. I think notably Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn um, at the trade deadline on their defense. And they were basically bare bones from, from that very uh, tail end of that second half of the season. So the Bears needed to help out their potential franchise quarterback. They had the most cap space in the league. So basically all the money in the world to spend in free agency. And they definitely need to take advantage of that, especially Ryan Poles. And then, of course, you had to decide what to do exactly to do with the first overall pick. I mean, you certainly weren't going to take a quarterback um, because you had Justin Fields, but you had to do something uh, with that number one pick. You just couldn't stay pat with that pick. So you got to find a trade partner uh, if you were the Chicago Bears. And boy, did they. Boy, did they get uh, something out of that number one pick. So back in March, uh, on the like a week after free agency started, they traded that number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers, and they got a nice package of picks, including next year's first-round pick out of them, next year's second-round pick out of the, uh, no, a pick in 2025, sorry, a second-round pick, and they also got a receiver for Justin Fields. <clears throat> Excuse me. They got a receiver by the name of DJ Moore, the top receiver from Carolina. So now you have a top receiver for Justin Fields. Now he can finally show that he can try to be a passing quarterback. So that was some, that was a big move for the Bears. Um, kind of a bad move, uh, kind of bad move for Carolina, but a move that they had to make on but for that for themselves, for for the Bears and um, on their side, definitely a good haul for them when it comes to getting rid of that number one overall pick. So overall, um, when it comes to their offseason uh, with their with their moves, they didn't re-sign anybody um, that was a free agent. So <laughs> basically, yeah, there was basically no one to keep. I think I mentioned that. There was basically absolutely no one to keep that was worth keeping. So they definitely good, did good in that department. Um, they did lose David Montgomery to the Detroit Lions, but you already had Khalil Herbert, so there's no use in keeping David Montgomery, so he was good to let go. Um, one of your offensive linemen, Riley Reef, went to the New England Patriots, but again, not really worth keeping um, because he, he was like a liability in the offensive line. Some of the people that you did add um, when they went on that spending spree, <clears throat> they reinvested in the defense by getting two linebackers by the name of TJ Edwards from the Philadelphia Eagles. A solid rotation piece in that in their Super Bowl run. And then linebacker Tremaine Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills. Um, a little bit of an overpay, but for the Bill for when he was with the Bills, he was a key defensive piece for them. Um, a piece for the offensive line, guard Nate Davis from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he was he was good protecting Ryan Tannehill. The only problem is he just can't stay healthy. Um, they also got an edge rusher by the name of Demarcus Walker from the Tennessee Titans. So, I mean, he he, he looks okay. 
and a tight end by the name of Robert Tunyon from the Green Bay Packers. Didn't he get injured like last season with the torn ACL? But I digress. And running back Travis Homer from the Seattle Seahawks. So, yeah, he pretty much is going to be the replacement for David Montgomery. But then they did their dirty work in the draft, getting a, a tackle by the name of Darryl, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. So, continuing to beef up that offensive line, getting that protection for Justin Fields, getting a defensive tackle by the name of Gervon Dexter from Florida. So, continuing to also beef up that pass rush, hopefully, um, replace trying to find those replacements for Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. And getting a defensive lineman by the name of Zach Pickens from South Carolina. So, overall, when you look at their moves, you know, it seems like they're finally coming along and finally getting some help for Justin Fields on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I'm trying to make, like, a little bit of a run here. So, I would say that the Bears did very well to address their needs in both free agency and the draft. Defensively, they zoned in on their defensive concerns. Um, after trading away Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks, like they really couldn't pass a uh, pass rush. They couldn't really get to the quarterback um, and their secondary was God awful. I mean, it still kind of remains uh, pretty bad, but hey, at least have some veteran uh, linebackers that can get to the quarterback and can play like a little bit of cover. So there's that. And then offensively, obviously you had the big move with um, DJ Moore. You still need another receiver though. Um, I'm not sure where you're going to get that. But they beefed up a little bit on the offensive line, which is very important because Justin Fields was getting badly hit in his first two years. Like, like one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. So he desperately needed protection, and Chicago finally gave it to him. So looking at some of your key potential games for 2023, obviously it's the very first game at home against the Green Bay Packers, the Aaron rodgers Green Bay Packers now. So this is your chance to finally um, get some payback, because <laughs> especially now because there's no Aaron Rodgers, and he's, there, he's not there anymore to make him to to let him be your daddy anymore. Um, but he still will forever be your daddy. Um, but anyway, I digress. This is finally your chance to slap the Packers around, and if they can, um, and a lot of this, a lot of these games are pretty much uh, important games. Are going to be your divisional games. Week six at home against the Minnesota Vikings, um, going up against Kirk Cousins in that offense. Week eleven on the road against the Lions, where the Bears stand at that point is going to be he. Are they going to be competing for a high draft spot or maybe a middling draft spot, a playoff spot? Maybe they're in a potential spot to compete for the division title by that point before Thanksgiving. Who knows? Who knows where the Bears will stand by that point? So going into this 2023 season for Chicago, can Justin Fields, now that he has a little bit of help on the offensive line, now that he has a receiver um, in DJ Moore to go to, can he finally show some progress as a passing quarterback? Can they stop relying on his rushing ability like they did in 2022? That remains to be seen. He, he did show a little bit of promise um, in 2021, but now it's the time to finally hone in on his passing skills this year. Um, who will be that secondary receiver? I think they had one in Darnell Mooney, uh, but um, I don't know. Maybe he, he, could, they could step, he could step up to the plate again, but we'll see. 
Um, but perhaps I could use another uh, second or third receiver opposite DJ Moore if that isn't Darnell Mooney. So looking at the Bears, you know, they had a pretty good offseason and they finally gave Justin Fields some damn help. Now it's going to have to translate onto the field. Um, even in a wide open NFC North, there's still a ways to go for Chicago. But I think in 2023, it could be a big step forward for Justin Fields and the Bears, especially if he shows that he could be a quality passer. I don't think they make the playoffs yet. I don't think they um, win the division. Like, I don't think they even compete for the division just yet. Um, but they do make some progress. They do make some progress um, uh, in in Justin Fields' like progression, his career. So I'll be a little generous. A and nine, yeah, Bears fans, like especially the delusional ones, probably won't like that. But this year has to be the year that Justin Fields finally shows some progression as a passing quarterback, not a running quarterback, a passing quarterback with all this help. So now let's take a look at the team that has run rough shot. That is pretty much we're the king of kings of the North. And that team, of course, is the one I've been frequently mentioning all episode long. And that is the Green Bay Packers, the Cheeseheads. So for the Green Bay Packers, they have obviously run rough shot. They have basically held the throne in the NFC North for almost two decades now. Um, and pretty much the time is going to come where... Their time was up, and everyone else's time is now. And 2022 was a very strong indication that their time up on top was pretty much going to come to an end. So, obviously, last offseason, the Packers had to make a decision. We're going to extend Aaron Rodgers or not. They definitely did extend Aaron Rodgers, but that came at a price. They had to trade their top receiver, Devontae Adams, and they traded him to the Las Vegas Raiders. And that trade also came in at a price they struggled very bad um in the regular season in 2022 they had a very rough three-fourths of the season due to the after effects of the Devontae adams trade the offense struggled mightily like aaron Rodgers, as if he didn't trust any of his receivers and also aaron Rodgers struggled with a thumb injury and the, the, the defense for as strong as they were in 2021 they did very poorly in 2022 so even though they managed to go on this late run after they started off 4-8, and eight, I believe, they squandered a golden opportunity to secure the last NFC wildcard spot. In the season finale against the Detroit Lions, where they were already eliminated, but they didn't play like the team that wanted that playoff spot. It, it, was, like the, it was like a complete 180. It was like the Lions were the ones playing for the playoff spot, not the Packers. It was the Lions. And guess what happened? Those same problems that crept up uh, the Packers all season, they came back to bite their ass. And the Packers were thoroughly eliminated by their division rival on prime time in the final game of the regular season. And yeah, that was that. They ended their season 8-9. and nine, And now you answer that question. Is this the end for the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay? And we had to wait a couple of months to find out that decision. And as we get to March, we find that decision. And Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he basically confirms it. It's the end. Aaron Rodgers um, makes this decision that he wants to go to New York and play for the New York Jets. And after a couple weeks of uh, you know, this, uh, trying to get a deal get, get going, he gets straight to the New York Jets and basically a first-round pick swap and more picks with the team. 
So Aaron Rodgers is no longer with the team. It's basically the Jordan Love Show. The Packers finally showing some love to Jordan after, I think I said this, he, they should have been showing some love to Jordan like after their loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in week 12. Like that, that should have been when they started showing some love to Jordan. Like, what are you doing? So anyway, now that you're finally showing some love to Jordan, it's now time to decide and determine whether or not Jordan Love can be your starting quarterback. That should be the top goal for 2023. Sure, there's still a couple pieces that can make you a, a potential uh, division team, like competing for your division title. You're you're probably not going to be competing for a playoff spot. Like your only path to getting to the play, making some crazy playoff run is the division title, because the NFC North is pretty wide open. But you really have to determine whether or not Jordan Love can be your starting quarterback. He's been there for what, like three? Three years now and you really don't have an idea of what he can be other than some uh, spot starts some filling st uh, starts because Aaron Rodgers had COVID so some of your offseason team needs that I talked about in my season recap for the Green Bay Packers they really needed a number two receiving option opposite opposite Christian Watson sure they had Ro Romeo Dobbs but um, he got injured um, early in the season and yeah he didn't really provide too much um, he looked okay, but I mean, Christian Watson was the breakout option, and now you need uh, a second and third receiving option uh, opposite him. They needed to retool the secondary by either re-signing Adrian Amos, their safety, or signing a new safety. So that secondary, that was very bad. It really needs uh, an edge in it. So they also needed to find themselves a solid tight end because Robert Tunyon was a free agent, and... He didn't provide uh, that much to offer. And I, I want to correct myself that he tore his ACL in 2021. And he didn't, again, he didn't really provide too much um, in 2022. So looking at some of your key offseason moves for the Packers, obviously you re-signed Jordan Love. I think they picked up this fifth-year option or they extended, gave him a one-year extension. I'm not sure. But either way, all I know is they did re-sign Jordan Love. So he gets a little bit more time to prove himself as the starting quarterback. Um, they did lose a couple people in free agency because, well, Aaron Rodgers' big fat contract. <laughs> uh, at least some of it is still with the, the Green Bay Packers. They lost safety Adrian Amos to Aaron Rodgers' new team, the New York Jets. They also lost Alan Lazard, their, one of their scrub receivers, to the New York Jets. Uh, edge rusher Jaron Reed is now with the Seattle Seahawks. And tight end Robert Tunyon is now with the Bears. So he's with a division rival now. So because of Aaron Rodgers' big fat contract and him prolonging the decision to go to the New York Jets, the Packers weren't able to do anything um, early in free agency. So the only notable name that they were able to add was safety Tarverius Moore from the San Francisco 49ers. So from the from the time that he played with San Francisco, he was actually pretty uh, okay. He was actually pretty okay, um, you know, rotating in with uh, Jimmy Ward, I believe. But nonetheless, he was a good, uh, solid safety for us. Um, looking at some of their draft picks, I really, really question why they don't draft a first-round receiver because the Packers decided to go and get um, edge rusher Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. I mean, sure, um, their pass rush could definitely need some help, but I think Jackson Nikwa, uh, <laughs> the Seahawks receiver, the second, the the, the Seahawks first-round pick. 
the the one that they ended up picking at number 18 overall he was right there like a couple of picks be- uh after like the packers could have had him and then yet they didn't get him it's like what are you doing he's like right in your laps and you don't take him like, I don't know why the, the Green Bay Packers are so allergic to picking a receiver. They always want to pick defense. And Matt LaFleur is like an offensive guy. Like, wh- why? It makes no sense. And yeah, you, you have Romeo Dobbs. You have Christian Watson. But you need more help. You need more help at receiver. So I don't know, man. But you, you at least pick a tight end. You at least pick a tight end uh, in Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. We'll see how it pans out. <laughs> Finally, pick a receiver late in the uh, late in the draft, by the name of Jaden Reed. I don't know how he's gonna pan out, but considering he's a late pick, I mean, hey, sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. Um, oh yeah, they also lost uh, Mason Crosby. He hasn't been signed yet, but he was an unrestricted free agent. But again, the Packers didn't have any money, so they couldn't uh, sign him on. So they had to draft the kicker by the name of Anders Carlson from Auburn. So. Uh, again, we'll see how he pans out. Hopefully, it's okay for them. So, for the Packers, like when summing up their offseason moves and what happened, there are many questions at the receiver position still. Like, how are they supposed to properly evaluate Jordan Love when he only has Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs to rely on? The the latter, which was only he's he was only there for like a quarter of the season. And before he suffered like a season-ending injury, I forgot which one it was, but nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers only had Christian Watson to go to, and now Jordan Love only has these two, and we don't know exactly what what Romeo Dobbs is capable of with Jordan Love. And teams now have even more film on Christian Watson, and Christian Watson was really consistent, like um, for most of the year. He only had like he really only caught fire like in the second half, and then. Where was he in in the season finale against the Lions? So it's going to be really interesting to see how they evaluate Jordan Love. I guess he really has to make a chicken shit into chicken salad. We'll see. And then obviously you have questions again about the defense. Like the defensive line, you know, you have these starting spots to be settled around uh, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, your line, uh, your defensive end, Quay Walker, several others. So some questions to settle on along the defensive line, the pass rushing unit, and then the secondary, um, which is bad last year. We'll see how it pans out now. Um, Adrian Amos is gone, and you have to decide who's going to be that starting safety. Um, it's going to be Rudy Ford, Tarverius Moore, some other surprise player. A lot of questions as the Packers enter this post-Aaron Rodgers era. Looking at some of your potential key games of 2023, um, just like the, the, with the Bears, it's going to be pretty much all your division games. Uh, weeks one to two, you start on the road in Chicago, and you have to face Justin Fields and, and the Bears with Jordan Love. And then you head to Atlanta down south to face the Falcons, potentially against Desmond Ritter. Then in your in the second, of, second game of your homestand, you host the Detroit Lions against Jared Goff, and potentially that improved offense. So... Let's see how Jordan Love fares against that test. And then halfway through the season, you face the Minnesota Vikings. You don't know how they will be at that point, but crazier things have happened. So my biggest question of all for um, the Green Bay Packers is obviously 
how's Jordan Love going to fare? He's been behind Aaron Rodgers um, for, what, th- it's been three years now. He's filled in um, for him, like, for, I think, two games against the Chiefs. I think it was, that was literally two games they filled in for against Kansas City. And now he has this opportunity to prove that he can be a starting quarterback full-time. So what has he learned from Aaron Rodgers? Um, what what can he apply um, to the starting role? It's a really big jump from Rodgers to Jordan Love. It's going to be really interesting. So overall, just like how the Packers stepped into the unknown with Aaron Rodgers' first full season as the starting quarterback, you know, after they traded Brett Favre to the Jets, it's they're in in that unknown again with Jordan Love now stepping into the shoes that Rodgers left now that he's in New York as a Jet. So a lot of unknown, though, with Jordan Love, as he has literally barely any receiving help behind Christian Watson and a lot of unknown with Romeo Dobbs, as well as a secondary unit that still kind of is bad uh, right now. So that being said, you know, you're donning a new era in Green Bay, but honestly, there won't be any love shown from whoever faces these Packers this season. So maybe they go 6-11. and 11. I, I hate to say it because you really don't know what you can tell from Jordan Love and these Green Bay Packers this coming season. So the third team that we're going to be talking about here today in part two of our NFL season previews 2023 is the Detroit Lions, the Motor City. As I talked about last year in my 2022 season previews for them, I was hopeful that the Lions would make some substantial progress in year two of their rebuild. Now, as it comes to the 2022 season, it came so-so. Um, they looked good on offense, but then that was because their defense was really bad. Um, so they scrapped uh, they scrapped and fought hard to try to get back into games, but it didn't end up in wins. So they started off a disappointing one in six. Um, a lot of it was fluky losses, by the way. Um, they came so close, but they couldn't get that far. So they started off a disappointing one in six, but <clears throat> the second half of their season saw them roar back. Uh, and while they couldn't get a playoff spot, though, um, they were that close, but they managed to spoil uh, one's hopes of getting a playoff spot in the Green Bay Packers in the season finale and what ended up being the wins to change for the NFC North. So for the Lions, they ended their season 9-8, and eight, and everyone's looking at them like, shit, maybe they could be the ones to win the division in 2023. Maybe they could, they're on the rise. And I was in agreement with them. I was agreeing with many that this, this 2023 could be the time that the Lions show up. They finally rise from the ashes. And th- this, this year could be the year that they finally take that next big leap. And when now as we transition to my top goal for the Lions in 2023, it's very simple. Win the damn NFC North. That's it. Win the damn division. Because it's so wide open that it's yours for the taking. It is so yours for the taking. Like, you've made all this improvement uh, within the last year, the last two years, that it is right there. It is right there for yours to take. Like, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Green Bay Packers. 
you don't even know what you're going to get from the Minnesota Vikings. You may have a challenger in the Bears, but the division is right there. So looking at uh, some of my team needs from them from my season recap, um, I wanted the Lions to address perhaps their biggest weakness from 2022, and that was the defense because their secondary was awful. Um, their corners were pretty bad at trying to like cover their cover opposing receivers, whether it was in in small passing situations or even like giving up big, large, uh, deep deep downfield plays. And they had they had kind of struggled at getting to the quarterback. Um, Aiden Hutchinson can't, couldn't do it alone. Um, in his rookie year. And they also needed to find a starting uh, tight end to replace TJ Hawkinson because they traded him uh, mid-season. Kind of a curious decision, but nonetheless, they needed another starting tight end because um, they didn't have a middle field option. They also... I, it was like a small thing, but I also wanted them to kind of consider finding like a project development quarterback behind Jared Goff because... You know, at some point, like, you don't know if Jared Goff is going to keep up this consistency. You don't know if, like, um, this is going to be, like, for real or if it's just, like, a one-year wonder kind of thing that Jared Goff had in 2022. I'm not saying Jared Goff was, like, oh, godly in 2022. He just, he did enough to get the Lions to where they were, um, to you know, to be 9-8, and eight, you know, even though they didn't make the postseason. He didn't make too many overly terrible mistakes. Um, especially in that second half run. But, you know, at some point, you may want to consider, like, finding that quarterback to be uh, that long-term option for Detroit. They did most of that. They did most of these things um, in the offseason. When you look at some of their re-signings, they re-signed linebacker Alex Anzalone, uh, kicker Michael Badgley, who was pretty pretty good for the Lions in, these, in kicking situations. Safety Will Harris, he was okay. Um, when you look at the people that they lost in free agency, guard Evan Brown to Seattle. Uh, they also lost DJ uh, Clark from the, the, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, free safety to Sean Elliott. I thought that was a uh, kind of a big loss um, in the secondary to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, corner Mike Hughes to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, corner Om Oruji, I, I can't pronounce that, Oruwai to the New York Giants. I'm sorry. And perhaps their biggest uh, loss in the, in the offense. But not, I honestly don't think so <laughs> at the same time because he was basically a touchdown vulture for them. Jamal Williams to the New Orleans Saints. They're running back uh, they're in in the second half of the season. Yeah, Jamal Williams, the touchdown vulture. Um, but yeah, when you look at the auditions, though, the additions to uh, this team, it pretty much negates the subtractions. It pretty much negates the losses because when you look at their free agency additions, you add in a... A Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl super, like almost NFC champion safety, CJ Gardner Johnson from the Philadelphia Eagles on a one year deal. Like, that was pretty much a like surprising move that CJ Gardner Johnson uh, didn't re sign with the Eagles and it said goes to Detroit. Like, wow. So, Detroit got a big boost in its secondary, like right then and there, um, getting a, a safety from a NFC champion team. Like, huh. And then they also got Emmanuel Mosley on a cheap deal because he was coming off an injury from the 49ers. And, yeah, we all know what happened when <laughs> that Carolina game. Uh, they also got corner Cameron Sun for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another good uh, corner for um, the Steelers. They also beefed up a little on their offensive line by adding Graham Glasgow from the Broncos. 
And they also got the Bears uh, running back, backup running back, Dave Montgomery, to replace Jamal Williams. So when you look already at their additions, it, again, negates the subtraction. So you already beefed up there. And then the, they they finished up with their huge offseason with the draft. Everyone was shocked by this move with Jameer Gibbs uh, from Alabama. But I, I think I need to talk about Jameer Gibbs or somebody else. But Jameer Gibbs... What is, can be a solid addition for them. He he's a really he looks like a really good running back, and they pretty much made DeAndre Swift expendable. They traded the, they traded him to the Eagles, and a little I was a little surprised by them by that move. But at the same time, um, they did draft the running back, so it is what it is. They also got a tight end by the name of Sam Laporta from Iowa, so that kind of solves that uh, tight end problem that I was talking about. They also got a quarterback by the name of Hendon Hooker. Um, from Tennessee, and let me let me talk about Hendon Hooker. He looks like a real good pickup for Detroit. Uh, you know, seeing a little bit of his film, he looks like he plays very smart, both on and off the script. Throws a very nice deep ball, and you know he looks like he has very nice athleticism. He is coming off a torn ACL though, um, and he is 25 years old. But hey, age shouldn't be a difference regardless. Um. I do think he's he's going to be sitting, obviously, uh, learning behind Jared Goff for now. But when the time is right, I think maybe give it uh, give him a season um, or two. And when developed, I think he could be a big X factor for the Lions long term. So yeah, I think that is their pet project uh, quarterback. Maybe I don't know um, if he gets some preseason action. Uh, we'll see how he plays. So for the Lions, they did, they did exactly what they needed to do. And that was fixed this defense. A good reason why they had to uh, come back from these games like a lot. They made these games like so high scoring, so close, like even though they lost, was because they gave up so many points. And yeah, they had to claw back only to fall short. So it's very good to see that the front office really took it to heart to address their biggest needs. Now it's just a matter of how they put it all together uh, on the field. So, looking at some of their key potential games of 2023, um, obviously, a lot of it's within the division, but we'll get to that in a bit. It starts really in the, in the very beginning. Week one, your biggest test of all. In Kansas City against the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, literally, the NFL could have picked uh, all the teams and they picked the lines like holy shit like the team that literally knocked off green bay out of the playoffs and then now you they reward them with a date with kansas city like wow i don't know if i call that murder <laughs> like death row murder or maybe it could lead to an upset i don't know but either way the lines are really gonna have to prove themselves on prime time then you come home to face the Seattle Seahawks in week two, and then you really get to work in week four uh, on the road against the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. Then things get really interesting depending where you are uh, in the back half of the season. You go play the, the Chicago Bears in like a three-week span in weeks 11 and 14, and then at the very end of the season, again, depending where you are, weeks 16 and 18 on a two-week span, playing the Minnesota Vikings, uh, trading uh, road and home dates. So, yeah, it, it, it'll. I think those games could decide what the fate of the NFC North. And to be honest with you, 
I do think the Lions have a very good chance to win this division. So, looking at my biggest questions for Detroit uh, going into 2023, um, and it's about the offense. So, obviously, I have my questions about Jared Goff, but this offense is going to be missing a key piece um, for the first six games of the season because Jameson Williams was suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy. Um, so, are they going to be able to withstand that suspension for six games? All they have right now is Amon Ross A. Brown at receiver. Um, and, you know, the Alabama product in Jameson Williams, he looked pretty solid. So, are they going to be able to withstand uh, his absence for six games? Speaking of Jared Goff, is he going to be able to maintain that play from 2022 to lift the lines to the top of the NFC North? Because if he doesn't, and Hendon Hooker doesn't look like he's ready to play, you have a problem. You have a serious problem there. So the Lions did very good in the offseason. They got all these good signings on defense, and they added a couple of key pieces on offense. Now it's time to go out there and show your work. Show that you're ready to take the NFC North by storm. And I do think that if Jared Goff plays well, they will do such. And honestly, regardless of how Jared Goff plays, I do think the Lions will come out on top in the NFC North. They will be the ones. I'm not saying they will go far in the playoffs, but they will win the damn division. So I have them winning this NFC North at 11 and six. Let's go that bold. Yeah. The Lions will win the NFC North for the first time in a long time at 11 and six. So the final team that we're going to be looking at here in part two of our 2023 NFL season previews is the team that won a division in 2022. And that is, of course, the Purple Mutant Eating Minnesota Vikings. So when you look at the Vikings uh, back in 2022, they were under a new regime after former head coach Mike Zimmer was fired and they were bringing in a first year head coach and a first time head coach in Kevin O'Connell, who had previously served as Sean McVay's offensive coordinator back in Los Angeles as the Rams. And he was also coming off a Super Bowl 56 victory. So you'd think he would be bringing his experience um, into Minnesota to help out Kirk Cousins finally reignite a little bit of something um, that Mike Zimmer didn't have. So that being said, going into the actual season itself, it was actually a pretty successful first season for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. The offense looked a little bit reignited with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook, and others. And they were doing pretty well for themselves, uh, leading the team to victories and eventually clinching the NFC North and having a crazy 33 to nothing comeback that clinched that division against the Indianapolis Colts. However, uh, I guess in that 33 to nothing comeback, that was a symbolism of why um, they had that success in the first place. It had to do with a lot of extreme luck. The luck of the comeback. And the reason for that, for the luck of the comeback was because their defense was god-awful. Probably the worst, one of the worst in the NFL that year. And their luck finally ran out when playoff time came. And the comeback magic when they were down against the New York Giants, mind you, in the first round matchup against them. So their, their luck finally ran out against the Giants in that wild card game. And yeah. One of the most fraudulent teams uh, ever to be in the NFL. So, yeah, 13-4, won the division, but 
it was required by a lot of luck. So if you're the Minnesota Vikings, considering that what happened, what transpired this offseason, sure, you want to make it deeper into the playoffs with Kirk Cousins. But considering where you are now and considering the circumstances, you probably think to yourself, I wonder if that's really possible. So when you when I looked at the this team after the 2022 season ended, some of my team needs for them included was addressing that defense, specifically linebacker and corner, because the secondary was pretty bad. It was like they were just getting roasted frequently. And even like the bottom tier receivers were just able to um, speed through them at will. And in the middle of the field, like the linebackers couldn't cover them. Like the inside linebackers just were not able to like uh, find their assignment. It was like that bad with that defense. Ed Donatel was just not terrible uh, calling plays. And then you had to find a second receiving option opposite Justin Jefferson. Um, sure, you had KJ Osborne there, but uh, you needed to find the other option because Adam Thielen was not getting that younger. So, and he was also like not being targeted as much. So those are my two biggest needs for the Minnesota Vikings this past offseason. Now, when you look at the surrounding events, in that offseason, they did fire defensive coordinator Ed Donatel, and rightfully so, because he coached up a terrible defense, one of the worst defenses in the NFL that year. And they made an interesting hire in former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. Um, he certainly coached up a, a solid defense when he was the coach of the Miami Dolphins, and then obviously his tenure during the New England Patriots. So maybe he gives them a boost um, with the with the Vikings. It depends on the, the personnel, though, with that group, but we'll give it a shot. They also made some interesting releases during the offseason. They released linebackers at Darius Smith, who was only there for like a year, but maybe it was like due to frustration, I guess. Uh, they also released receiver Adam Thielen, and then perhaps the most interesting one of all, Dalvin Cook. So, I'm not sure why they released Dalvin Cook, but maybe it was like his contract, injuries, I don't know. But either way, uh, I think releasing Dalvin Cook was kind of a kind of a choice. I don't know why. But looking at some of their re-signings, uh, all their key offseason moves, they re-signed a backup now turned starting running back, Alexander Madison. Maybe, maybe that's why they uh, released Dalvin Cook. They saw more potential in Alexander Madison. They also re-signed re center Garrett Bradbury, so a key piece of that offensive line. But certainly, they need more help than that. Um, they did lose a couple of big pieces, one of them being defensive tackle Dalvin Thompson to the Cleveland Browns. A big piece in that interior defensive line was is gone. So, for as bad as that pass rush was in 2022, um, yeah, losing a big piece like that is not is not there anymore. Um, Patrick Peterson's not there anymore. Also, he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but um, he is on the older side, so not that big of a loss. Uh, Eric Kendricks went to the LA Chargers, so another part of that secondary. He was, he was a solid piece for the Vikings, but uh, yeah, he's not there. Uh, but looking at some of their additions, uh, you, you got corner Byron Murphy from the Arizona Cardinals. Like so, they did they did get younger, so I'll admit that um, he, he he was a, a big help for the Cardinals defense when they were sucking. Uh, defensive end Marcus Davenport from the New Orleans Saints. So <clears throat> Davenport. 
Um, he didn't. He was 50-50 um, with that Saints pass rush, but um, I think with Brian Flores there now, I think Flores can do something with Davenport. Um, backup tight end Josh Oliver from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, that was a little bit, bit of an interesting move, considering they already have TJ Hawkinson, but maybe he can be used as a blocking tight end, as a backup lineman, maybe. Um, and then in the draft, they, they at least did a good move here in the draft. They got a receiver by the name of Jordan Addison from USC, so... They at least have their three three starting receivers in Jeff Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, and now Jordan Addison. So hey, I can't really complain there. Uh corner, Mecky Blackman from USC also. Looks like a solid corner. Um, and let's see how he pans out in training camp and in uh preseason. Uh safety Jay Ward from LSU. Uh and then a quarterback by the name of Jaron Hall from BYU. So I mean they got themselves a quarterback. I don't know if he can be a starting quarterback, but let's see how he plays in preseason. So when you look at this, uh, when you look at this Vikings team and what they did in the offseason, it seems like they're gearing towards a soft rebuild of sorts because you know they they released perhaps their top running back in Dalvin Cook, and they still have a, a little bit of aging players left. But, you know, they stocked up on a few potential young players like that have potential that can be like part of the starting rotation. But then again, it's like it's not it, it, it's not a lot of quality left on this team. But the defense on paper, I'll say it at least looks a little better slightly than last year. Again, it's just a matter of how Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator, um, coaches them up. How the players will react accordingly. How will they play on the field? Um, it's yeah, it's gonna be a matter of that. So, looking at some of your key potential games going into 2023, it's a pretty brutal slate to be honest with you. If you're the Minnesota Vikings, you go to uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia to take on the Eagles again in week two. Like it's like the second year in a row that they have to go to Philadelphia to play them in week two. On Thursday night this time. On Prime Video. Behind that paywall. And then week three. You return home to play the LA Chargers. Against Justin Herbert. Rough. <laughs> and then a brutal. Three week stretch. In weeks five to seven. You play Patrick Mahomes. In the defending Super Bowl champion. Kansas City Chiefs at home. And then you, you play Justin Fields. And the Bears. On the road in week six. And who knows what the Bears will be like. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're bad. They're in the middle of the pack. But the Bears always somehow find a way to challenge the Vikings. Um, he, like Even when they're at their worst. Except for that last game. <laughs> where they were just like trying to lose. Uh, back in 2022. And then you play the 49ers. Um, on Monday night in week seven. And well. Kirk Cousins not exactly not the brightest. Under the bright lights. So even then. Um, you don't know if it's going to be Brock Purdy or if it's going to be Trey Lance uh, starting for the 49ers, but you never want to uh, doubt uh, the 49ers, especially with how good their defense is and their offense as well, whoever's going to be the quarterback. So some of my biggest questions for the, the Vikings this season is, well, the offensive line, it was pretty bad in 2022. Kirk Cousins got hit a lot, even though he didn't get sacked too much. Who's going to step up to help center Garrett Bradbury and Christian Derrissaw on the offensive line, especially considering they lost Christian Derrissaw uh, for a good chunk of the season last year. And that offensive line, once he was gone, really fell apart. 
So, yeah, who's going to be that man to step up um, to help them out? They still have questions on, like, a couple of key spots, like the guard spots. And does Christian Dersall play left or right tackle? I'm not sure. But either way, that offensive line really has to do better in 2023. So somebody has to step up to give Kirk Cousins better protection. Speaking of Kirk Cousins, I believe it's a contract year, I think. Because in 2024, teams can buy for him if any team wants to. So Kirk Cousins, really, if he wants to get some more, some more money for his next contract, for whichever team he wants to play for, then he really needs to perform very well. Otherwise, well, he could be just staring at a backup role. So for the Vikings, you know, they did add some nice players in the draft. They got some decent pieces in free agency. But I still have a lot of questions uh, because they still have several aging players tons of with tons of question marks. And, you know, you got a couple of, like, younger players with potential, but how do they translate that onto the field? So Minnesota, you know, they may have lucked into winning the NFC North in 2022, but I don't think that'll be the case in 2023, especially considering how vastly improved the lines are and, you know, the Bears could potentially be. And even though Jordan Love is starting for the Green Bay Packers, you can never count out uh, Green Bay out. So I think Minnesota Vikings will take a regression, but not as bad of a regression as uh, they will take, maybe 9-8. and eight. They won't make the playoffs. Maybe they will somehow luck in. But either way, they'll take a regression uh, considering the roster turnaround that they suffered through this offseason. And with that, that is a wrap on our NFC North 2023 preview and part two of our 2023 NFL season previews here on Very Cold Lasagna. If you're a fan of either of these teams, whether it's the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, or the Green Bay Packers, let me know your thoughts on either of these teams, even if you're a fan or not of them, in the comments on YouTube or on social media at Very Cold Lasagna. Yeah, I'd like to get your thoughts on these teams going into their 2023 seasons. And, and let's start a discussion on them, shall we? But anyway, this is Dylan Lasagna of Very Cold Lasagna. I hope you guys are enjoying these season previews. I certainly am. And hopefully not stressing too much about it. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, yeah, keep the lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of sports. And yeah, that's the end of episode number 150 of this icy yet spicy podcast. And until next time, peace out.